0: This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your soul. But you said we will not walk in it. I pointed watchmen over you and said, "Listen to the sound of the trumpet," but you said, "We will not listen." Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. It's time to go stand at the crossroads of our lives. And to ask the Lord to show us the ancient path of righteousness. It's time for us to go back to that crossroad where we make our decisions and ask where the good way is and then walk in it. Do you want rest in your soul? Do you want the stress to be gone? Do you want joy and peace to well up in your heart? Then you're going to have to walk in the good way. But we have in America said, we will not walk in the good way. We will turn and we will go toward the darkness because our hearts love the darkness. The trumpet sounds on this broadcast, but many have said we will not listen. We will not listen. We will turn aside. We will walk on the paths that we decide to walk on. We will go to that location that we have already planned on going to. And we will pretend that that is the good way. But there is no rest for your soul in that way. Rest for our souls only come by walking the ancient path of righteousness, of holiness, made so by the blood of Jesus Christ, by faith in that blood. It is regenerative. It is life-changing life changing And you will have no rest until you walk in that way. This passage of Scripture is found in Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, verse 16. Then Jeremiah, in the seventeenth chapter, says something very similar. I'll begin reading in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed or utterly detestable is the one who trusts in man who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord he will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who, who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree Transplanted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Let's pray. Our Father, We have gone astray in America. We don't worship at the idols of physical idols. We don't bow down in America to physical idols. But Lord, we have committed a sin much more grievous. We bow down to ourselves. And America has made itself its own God. And many love themselves so much. They love their beauty. They love their lifestyle. They love their bucket list. They love their life. And they have bowed down to themselves. And so Lord, I come as your servant, and I ask humbly that your people not turn away and follow their own hearts. That they not turn away from you, Jesus, and fall in love with themselves, with their car, with their possessions, with their lifestyle, with their intellect, with their. to fall in love with their lust. Lord, we are a culture that is driven by lust, lust for people, for possessions, with pride. Lord, there's going to have to be a turning aside in America or you will come and you will destroy this nation. And already the storm is breaking over America that will utterly destroy this nation, our economy, our food. Every aspect of America is suddenly going to change in a moment when the banks close and the credit cards don't work. There's a credit freeze. 401ks are gone. Pensions disappear. Lord, I know you are about to bring harsh judgment upon America. For we have been worshipers of ourselves. Lord, I've read today the book of Jeremiah. I have meditated and prayed and cried aloud to you. I've read portions of Isaiah, Ezekiel. Lord, I know what Judges says. I know what the kings did in ancient Israel. And over and over, it was the same sin, turning away from the living God of heaven treating you as though you were non existent and unimportant, and going after the lusts of their hearts, saying, Oh, I'm okay, I'm fine, look up my life. I have I have an income. I have a house to live in, I have food to eat, I have credit cards, I have vacations, I have children, I have my health. I'm fine. We have worshipped ourselves. And when things became painful and difficult and you began to take away our money, our jobs, our security, we doubled down on positive thinking and success strategies and prosperity strategies preached from our pulpits across this nation Where we doubled down on our rituals, our churchanity, our judgments, our bitterness, our anger. But we would not stand at the crossroads and look at what has brought us to this place. Instead, we said, We are God. And we will do what we want to do. And we will go where we want to go. And we will buy what we want to buy. Lord. I know a time of desert heat is beginning to blow across our land I know America will become a wasteland. And I know many who call themselves Christians will say, Why has God done this to America? What have we done? How have we sinned? Almighty God, I suspect that even when things become very hard and very bitter, many will still not repent because the children of Israel would not repent. They would not turn from their wickedness. Jeremiah warned them, you are going to have mighty powers from the north. They will come and invade your land. They will strip it. They will strip you naked and they will march you naked off to captivity. And many of you will die. But they would not believe Jeremiah. They scorned him. And ridiculed him. And persecuted him. And then it happened. And they went into captivity. And I know... Once again, powers from the north will come against America and we will see our cities burn and our loved ones die and say, why has this happened to America? The prophets all said God was loving us and he would protect us and he would honor us and we would have a time of great prosperity Lord, those lying prophets have always been like lice among the people of God, prophesying their foolishness and claiming, Oh, we're apostles and we're prophets and we're this and we're the Oh Lord, how heart sick you must be at what you see happening in America. Lord, I have long prayed, please bring judgment that would bring repentance. For, Lord, your love has been overpoured for America. We have been so blessed and so wonderfully cared for. But love does not bring repentance, it should. Your kindness should bring repentance, but Lord, it's brought arrogance and hardness of heart. It has not brought repentance. It's brought self-worship. Lord, I plead today for that judgment that will bring repentance. And I know it will be a, a judgment that destroys all that we have trusted in including our own wonderful lifestyle. I know hunger and famine are coming to America. I know oppression and wickedness are flowing. Vile wickedness is flowing out of Washington, D.C., across America. Vile wickedness is flowing out of cities of the West Coast cities of the desert like Las Vegas Lord I know the vile wickedness of self worship oh Lord please come and stop this wickedness I know judgment is coming Lord I know the storm is beginning to break over America, even now, for any person who has eyes to see. I know the stock market is no longer a market. It's bought by the Federal Reserve. I know there's no honesty in the statistics. I know everything is rigged. Lord, I tremble before you. And I say, Lord, who can be saved? For have we all not worshipped at our own altars? But Lord, I ask now that you would turn the heart of your people back to yourself. Whatever it takes I'm asking that your will would be done in the American church, even as your will is done in heaven. I'm asking that you would stop the charade, stop the wickedness, and bring forth a people who will not walk away from you. Lord, my heart is so stirred today as I have had to deal with people who call themselves Christians and yet they walk away from you, Jesus. They walk away, Jesus. Walk away, Christians. Lord, my heart is just broken. I know this has to end. I know this can't go on. For you would have to go and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if you allowed the Sodomites of America to continue their practice, yea, even those who call themselves Christians. Lord, please come. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you today about what I see happening. And I'm going to use a story that I've often referred to in Mark, the 10th chapter. It's a startling image for us because it really paints the picture of who we are as the American church. We are the walkaway church. Walk away from Jesus. Have our strobe lights and our smoke machines and we have our bands and we have our entertainment. The pastor stands and tells his cute little jokes and everybody laughs. And then he has his little inspirational words where maybe he can get a tear like they do at the Kennedy Center when the opera players make you laugh and then they make you cry and you leave and you say, oh, it's been a good show. Well, you go to church and you expect a good show here in America. I am done with the show. I'm done. And I will call it out. For it is evil. What happens in the American church is evil. It is apostate. And the Lord God of heaven is going to have to come. And bring whatever judgments are necessary to cause a remnant of God's people to repent. They will not all repent. Many have already gone so far away from Jesus and they are so secure in their good works that they will never repent. They feel entitled. They feel like they are somebody. They are something. They're comfortable. They have their traditions. They have their church calendar. And they're comfortable. They will never repent. But I stand by faith that God is going to bring the Hindus and the Muslims. He's going to bring the pagans the atheist. He's going to bring the prostitutes and the drug addicts and they're going to enter into the kingdom before any of the church people enter in. Isn't that what Jesus said? Matthew, the 10th chapter, there's the story of a rich young ruler, very powerful and very wealthy, and also very religious. Jesus is going out on a road, and hearing about it, this rich young ruler runs up And kneels before Jesus, and he said, "Good teacher, what may I do that I may inherit eternal life?" This man is not interested in following Jesus. He is interested in inheriting eternal life. He will do whatever he is told to do, except follow Jesus. He doesn't want to follow Jesus. He doesn't want to take up his cross. He doesn't want to be crucified with Christ. He wants his normal, happy life to continue, and he wants to know what is the one thing I can add to my already full life that will make me acceptable before God. There is nothing that will make you acceptable before God except to be crucified with Christ, to have the old nature crucified and totally destroyed, according to Romans 6. There is nothing you can do to earn eternal life. It is a gift from God. It is a work of grace, but it is a work that is totally done now in your life. It is it is regenerative work. It is work that makes you new, something that never existed before. But my heart is sick today over the people I must deal with and must talk with, who want to argue with me about some aspect of theology, as though intellectual understanding was what would cleanse them and make them acceptable before a holy God. Impossible. Oh, can't I do one more thing? Can't I give more money? Can't I do this? Can't I do that? No. Follow Jesus. But you see, if you worship yourself, and you have your religion. And you have your wonderful lifestyle. You can't follow Jesus. You are following. Your own heart. You are worshiping at the idol of yourself. And what I find. May yeah, I be very blunt. Lust. Lust is the ruling sin of America. I want to say that again. Lust is the ruling sin of America. Lust for perversion, lust for sexual perversion, for sodomy, for oral intercourse, for masturbation, pornography but you say pastor I'm not doing any of that oh really no your lust is for your pride and your reputation your lust is to be loved by everybody to be accepted and to be fawned upon your lust is for your money for your success. That you could be, oh, I know, that you could have enough money that you could help with the gospel of Jesus. You know what? God doesn't need your money, you need God. And if you follow Jesus, money will not be the lust of your heart. You will freely share that money to build the kingdom of God. Lust is the ruling sin of our age. Lust for Bitcoin. Lust for a better job. I asked a man this last week, who has a part time job? I said, don't you want a full time job? Well, I have my brother to think about who is disabled. I have my mother to think about. She needs my help now. I have to weigh carefully my responsibility to help my mother and my brother with the need for a full-time job. Wow, I said there's a very unusual man that would think that he could put his mother and his brother who depend upon him ahead of his own desire and need to be financially secure no he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have to work on sunday he wants to worship the lord I love that brother. He wants to follow Jesus. I praise God for such a humble man, for such a a real man. This rich young ruler wanted to do what he would have to do to have eternal life. Give me a hit list, Jesus. And Jesus confronts him. He has said, good teacher, what must I do that I may... And Jesus says, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. Are you calling me God? I wish this young man had listened to that question. What was his evaluation of who Jesus Christ is? It all hangs on who we think Jesus is. Is Jesus fully God? The scriptures are very clear in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. Hebrews, the first chapter. Galatians, the first chapter. It's very clear. Jesus is fully God. So then comes the question Will you acknowledge him as God? That's hard for the American Christian because they believe they're God. Well, they have a Jesus, but he's a sentimental Santa Claus. A cotton candy Jesus, not a God with wrath, not a God who will punish wickedness, not a God who is almighty and all-powerful, not a God who is coming in the clouds of glory to deal with every human person for what they have done during this time of probation on the earth. You understand, you and I will stand before Jesus Christ. He will be the judge. And when he looks at you, he's not going to see himself. He's going to see you in all of your wickedness. Or he will look upon you and see that his blood transformed you into a new person. And your sin has been forgiven You have been washed clean, you are a new person, and you now earnestly and eagerly, with all of your heart, serve and seek after Jesus Christ. This young man, confronted by God, why are you calling me good? But then Jesus goes on, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You may not murder. You may not steal. You may not bear false witness. You may not defraud. You must honor your father and your mother. And having answered, he said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Now, part of the problem that we're facing right now is that many of you, if you're honest, would have to say, I didn't honor my father and my mother. I didn't agree with them. They did things and they said things I didn't like. They maybe even did you wrong. But you've cut them off. You've not humbled your heart. So you can't even stand as this man. You have anger in your heart. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? If you hate your brother, you've already murdered him. You may not commit adultery, and yet you look at that pornography and think it's okay. So many of you listening today who call yourselves Christians don't even have the standing of this rich young ruler as he stands before Jesus. And yet because you worship yourself and your own ideas, you think you're fine and you're on your way to heaven. Not so. Jesus lists these specific commandments of God. And this young man could honestly say, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. I have done these things in obedience to your commands. And to to hear Jesus' approval of this man, in verse 21, then Jesus, having looked on him, loved him. Jesus loved this young man. He was not coming Asking the right question. He was not coming and asking, Can I come and follow you? Can I be a disciple? That would have been the appropriate question. But he comes asking, What do I have to do to earn this eternal life? And in his mind, there was something that was saying, Everything is not right. No, I want to deal with that quickly. Is there something today in your heart that keeps pricking you and saying you're still not right with Jesus? There's something yet missing. There's something wrong between you and Jesus. What is that? It could be your entertainment. It could be your relationships with other people. It could be pride. What is it? Is it self hatred? Or is it self-love? Is it lust for something in this world? This young man coming, having kept the commandments of God, yet knew he was not right with God and could not yet enter into eternal life. He had kept the law, but the law can't save us. Only Jesus Christ can save us. And it requires crucifixion. I've shared with you in the past, but let me just review it for you very quickly. In a dream, I was standing, leaving a city, driving actually. And there was a a line of cars behind me. And we came to a place where the road just dropped off a cliff and we couldn't go any further. So we got out of the car and we were wondering, what do we do now? How do we leave this town? Suddenly the whole scene shift. And I was walking toward a great cathedral, the cathedral of the Lord. I knew it was his cathedral. I was walking toward it. And as I walked toward it, I saw this expansive parking lot, a huge parking lot. And it had parking lanes, not spaces. And then I noticed that at the head of every one of these parking lanes was a sign. So I walked over to the one closest to me, see what the sign said. And it said Romans 1. The next was Romans 2, 3, 4, 5. Six And at Romans 6, I stopped because the Lord said, turn and walk toward the cathedral. So I turned and began to walk up the parking lane of Romans 6. As I walked toward that great cathedral, I suddenly saw ahead of me an opening in the parking lot. And I saw two men coming with a young woman walking toward me. When I got to the opening, I saw that there were stairs leading down into a large baptismal tank, beautiful water, clean and clear, well lit. The two men with the young woman stood at the edge on the other side, and I motioned to her to please come, for she needed to be baptized. She turned her face aside. And would not come. And I woke up and I began to pray. And the Holy Spirit was very clear with me in the meaning of the dream. Preach Romans 6 and invite my church to come and be baptized. That is, invite them to come and be crucified with me and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This young man has kept the law Jesus looked at him and loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. And I'm saying to you, if you have not yet taken this action, you, like the rich young ruler, still lack. You must go sell as much as you have and you must give to the poor And you will have treasure in heaven. And you must come. And you must continue. The Greek tense is to continue following me. Having taken up the cross. Have you taken up the cross of Jesus Christ? Don't quickly say yes. For if the lust of your heart is still causing you to walk away from Jesus, because it says in verse 22, and having become shocked at the word, he went away grieving for he was having many possessions. He turned and walked away from Jesus back to his religion, back to the worship of himself. And my question to you today, is there any part of your life where you are still worshiping yourself? You are still holding out on Jesus. And have you walked away from him? Because you really don't want to follow him. Because if you follow him, all of the lust of your heart is going to have to be burned out by the crucifixion. All of your own ways are going to have to go on that cross. All of your desire for wealth and security, all of your desire to be something or to be somebody, that's going to have to all go to the cross. Your comfort yea, even your relationships, your wife, your husband, your children, your work, the worship of your own beauty, the worship of your own possessions, they all have to go on the cross. Or you will walk away from Jesus. And when you walk away from Jesus, you can keep your possessions, you can keep your religion, but the judgment of God will be upon your life. And you will finally end up in the desert place Now, some of you today are in that desert place. How are you going to escape that desert place? There's only one way. Get on your face before Almighty God and cry out to him and ask him for his new direction for your life. And let go of your religion. Let go of all that you think you know and just follow Jesus. Forget about what people will say. Forget about what people will think. Just follow Jesus. Read the word fast and pray and ask him, where am I to go? What am I to do? Will you deliver me now? Jesus, please deliver me now. And Jesus will deliver you. It may take time because Jesus knows he has to determine whether or not you're really serious about following him or whether you will turn when times become hard and walk away. Jesus is looking for men and women, boys and girls who will be serious with him. Who will hungrily search after him and lay down all of your treasures, giving to the poor, giving wherever he tells you, laying your life down and following him. Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast. Let me pray. Oh Lord, Lord, I know this word is from your heart. Lord, I ask that every person today who is listening, who is still worshiping themselves and the lust of their heart, would you bring them to repentance and to righteousness and to holiness. Lord, I thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. We're coming to the end of the month, only a few more days, and we're still short for radio, for the radio bill with WAVA for this month. If the Lord is prompting you to give, please give. Write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, I also want to invite you to come on Sunday. And some of you have said, but Pastor, we don't know the address. Let me give you that address. I am in... Woodbridge, Virginia, and we are a house church. You're welcome to come. Jot it down. 5009 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22192. That's 5009 Softwood Lane. Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. You're welcome to come. We start prayer at about quarter of 10. We begin formally actually at 10. And you're welcome to come and worship with us. If you're serious, this is not for drop ins, it's not for entertainment. We're serious here about Jesus. We start at 10, we finish at noon. And then we have a lunch together, and then we have time for fellowship and prayer afterward. You're welcome to come. You don't need to knock on the door. Just come right on in, and you'll find us. Now, you're also welcome to give online. Dirk, thank you, dear brother. Thank you, and thank you to others of you who've been giving to help us cover this radio bill. You can go to nationalprayerchapel.com that's nationalprayerchapel.com You'll find this broadcast posted later today and you're welcomed all the other resources including the internet radio that's posted there God bless you my brother my serious my sister I'm praying for you love you. I'll talk to you soon.